This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland. overseeing the city's master plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the city council on a wide range of local land use issues. The planning commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the city council. Planning commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in council chambers at city hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV network, a service of the city of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through channel 99 on AT&T or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. We're live. Welcome to the regular meeting of the Midland City Planning Commission for Tuesday, August 25th, 2020. This meeting is being held electronically, uh, of course, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, the meeting is uh, called to order. And Mr. Marshall, if you would do a roll call vote, please. Not a vote, but a roll call. Yes. Bain. Here. Mayville. Here. Panasic. Here. Seibel. Here. Roderick. Hein. Here. Rogers. Here. And Colina. Here. All right. Definitely a quorum. We have everyone here. Uh, item three on the meeting agenda, approval of the minutes uh, from the last meeting in uh, July. It was from July 28th. Are there any changes, any changes from anybody? Don't hear anybody speaking up. See a lot of nods, no. So how about a motion to approve? I so move, James Bain. Okay, second. Anyone? Roderick seconds. All right, thank you. So we have a motion to approve and a second. Now we'll do a roll call vote, uh, Mr. Marshall, if you would, for the approval of the minutes. Yes, Kohlinger. Yes. Rogers. Yes. Pine. Yes. Roderick. Yes. Seibel. Yes. Panasic. Yes. Mayville. Yes. And Bay. Yes. Okay, that is approved. Moving on to item number four. There are two public hearings tonight. Before we get started on the first one, I wanna go through the public hearing process that we'll use on both of these. Uh, so first off, we're gonna have a staff presentation and overview of the petition. Then number two, a petitioner uh, will be allowed to provide a presentation if they have one or speak. There'll be public comments in support of the petition if there are any, and in public comments in opposition to the petition if there are any. And then at that point, we'll have an opportunity for the petitioner uh, for rebuttal and any final comments they may want to make. Then we will look to close the public hearing. And then finally, number seven on the process, the deliberation and possible decision 
tonight by the uh, Planning Commission. Okay, with that, we first have uh, item A, 4A, site plan number 403. It's a request by Greystone Homes for a site plan review and approval of phase two of the site condominium known as Greystone Woods. The proposed addition is for eight single family residential site condominium units located at 6201 West Wackerley Street. Uh, Mr. Marshall, I assume you're gonna do the presentation? Yes. All right, and thank you, Chairman. And um, as you indicated, this is site plan number um, 403, uh, the petition by Greystone um, Woods, um, or Greystone Homes for Greystone Woods phase two. Um, as you indicated, uh, this is eight single family uh, residential condominium units. Um, this is property that's zoned RA1, which is for single family residential purposes. When we take a look at the subject site, you may recall this site actually uh, been talked about in the last year um, or two. Um, it's currently, uh, it's annexed within the city limits. Um, it's on the western side of the city limits. Um, it abuts property that's actually still out in Homer Township, this large piece of, of um, wooded land that you see uh, where my cursor's at, that is all Homer Township. Uh, but the subject site itself, as well as properties to the north, to the east, to the west, um, are all within the city limits um, and are all zoned very similarly, which is RA1 single family residential. Um, immediately adjacent to this property to the east is the site condominium development known as Foxfire. Um, that was developed in a number of phases, uh, which includes Wood Duck Way, Powderhorn Trail, and then Foxfire Drive, um, all with a retention area in the center part um, of that development that you see uh, very clearly in this aerial photograph from 2015. Surrounding uses include the vacant wooded lands to the south. Um, there's also some single family residential homes uh, that kind of sit tucked in um, back of the portion here, um, as well as some single family residential on the south side of Wackerley with some regional commercial uses on the north side of Wackerley. When we zoom in at the site, you can see that it is uh, vacant. Uh, the only thing that does have a bit of development on it is the uh, driveway that currently comes off of West Wackerley Street and services these two residential homes. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that, but by and large, uh, this property has been envisioned for single family residential purposes. And as part of the first phase, um, there was actually an extension of a road network to uh, connect Foxfire Drive to West Wackerley Street um, and provide the connectivity through uh, this portion of, um, of the city, um, allowing for another means of access into the Foxfire subdivision. Um, other notable features that I will talk about in, in a bit of further detail include uh, the drainage uh, that runs through this particular property. Um, not only is there a uh, regulated 100-year floodplain that's on the site, there's also uh, regulated wetlands. Um, both of those have been noted on the plan, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. But I do want to just draw your attention to that, is that's primarily what you see here in the separation of the woods. Um, and then the delineation of some differing, uh, differing types of trees, um, all relating to the natural drainage course that does take place through this particular portion of the property. When we look at the, uh, the zoning map of the site, um, we can see that this is RA1 single family residential. That's the same type of zoning that's on the south side of uh, West Wackerley Street, both to the east and to the west. To the north is RC Regional Commercial. Um, we also have a mixture of uses closer to Stark Road and Saginaw Road off to the southwest. Um, but those are uh, hundreds of feet away. Uh, but primarily, we're dealing with a, a single-family residential zone in the middle of a single-family residential zoned area. <clears throat> uh, the site itself, uh, you may recall, uh, reviewing the site condominium. 
uh, back when the first phase was approved. Um, everything that you see on this image, other than what's highlighted here in the yellow, um, has been approved by the city and um, is allowed to move forward. Um, however, prior to them wanting to move forward, they did want to ensure that they had the ability to develop these additional eight lots, which are part of this cul-de-sac that you see here. And so that's actually the very small portion of the site that's being discussed this evening um, and is being considered for that uh, site condominium approval. Um, the remainder of the site itself is also single family uh, residential in nature um, with a collection of homes fronting onto uh, the, stone, the new Stonecross Street as proposed uh, Blue Heron, as you see down to the southeast, um, and then also High Oak Court, in addition to the cul-de-sac that's being proposed uh, for consideration this evening. One of the elements um, that actually delayed wanting to include this cul-de-sac in that first phase was actually uh, clarity provide regarding the, the future or the 100-year um, floodplain within uh, this particular portion of the site. As you can see in the topography that's provided on the, the image, um, all of the lines actually lead down into a drainage that follows uh, very much the property line that you see highlighted um, here um, and the very close contours uh, that relate to that drainage area. There's a 100-year floodplain on either side, and if you can recall, there's regulations that are special to the 100-year floodplain. Um, you are able to build single-family residential in uh, the 100-year floodplain. However, there is a, a large list of, of special regulations that need to take place and elevation of the finished floor um, or lowest level finished floor of a, of a home above that 100-year floodplain. Um, but as proposed, the, the lots that you see here that uh, create those eight additional lots, um, all of them have sufficient area to develop a single-family home and to keep that single-family home outside of those, that 100-year floodplain. Um, so that is the clarity that we were looking for from um, the floodplain perspective and why um, it's time now to, to advance this forward. Um, to allow for the completion of this um, second part of the phase uh, for this site condominium. Uh, the eight residential lots themselves, a um, bit unique in shape, um, mostly do front onto the cul-de-sac. There are two that do have a frontage onto the Stone, uh, Stone Cross Street, which then connect into West Wackerly. Uh, via the staff uh, review of this proposal, uh, we did find uh, the site plan to be overall compliant with, um, with the city's standards. Uh, there are a number of contingencies, though, that staff are recommending um, uh, as part of the approval. Um, one of the things that we did point out is the overall layout of the site. This does seem to logically utilize the, the natural drainage course of the site um, and also allow for a very important piece of connectivity between the Foxfire subdivision and uh, West Wackerly Street. Um, not only is it important from a connectivity for vehicle standpoint, but also for looping of water main to allow for um, proper access through um, through there for both water and then also for, for vehicle and emergency services. Um, one of the main items, though, that we are um, pointing out that we'd like to see on possibly a second plan sheet, um, you may have noticed that there is just a single plan sheet. Um, there's a lot of information on that single plan sheet, but it would be best if that was actually taken um, into separate plan sheets to provide um, more of a, uh, a breakdown and a little bit more clear uh, picture of, of uh, something like the lot dimensions and sizes. Uh, based off of staff's um, assessment of what's being proposed, we don't feel that there's concern with it, but nonetheless, we do want to see that on the plan itself. Uh, the other items that staff has pointed out are items that are typically dealt with at the time of construction permitting, um, especially uh, the first few um, that I'll go through here. But staff is recommending approval of this uh, proposal contingent on uh, the, the uh, seven items that were in the staff report. 
first two being the final storm, uh, stormwater management plan and the final so soil erosion and sedimentation control permit. Uh, the next one dealing specific with site condominiums, which is approval of the condominium master deed and the bylaws to the satisfaction of the city planning department. Uh, the approval and execution of a development agreement. This is something that we execute with any single family residential development. Um, and that allows for a deference of things like street lights, um, but primarily sidewalks in order for uh, developers to not have to install sidewalks at the beginning, but rather um, a allowing them to wait until um, individual building permits are pulled for the individual lots. Uh, one thing we make note of though is sidewalks must be installed on both sides of the proposed street with proper ADA ramps um, to the satisfaction of the city engineering department, uh, that streets must be constructed to the city standards, including a standard non-rolled curb to the satisfaction of the city engineering department. And then lastly is that point regarding the final lot sizes uh, must be shown on the drawing itself. <clears throat> Uh, so with that, Chairman, tonight is the public hearing. Um, if the Planning Commission feels all items have been adequately addressed, you are able to, to waive the rules of procedure. Uh, that would then advance the proposal on to City Council. Um, we have received one comment uh, indicating no objection to, um, on the proposal that was included within the packet. Um, and with that, I will entertain any questions. Hey, anybody have any questions? And as a reminder, if you have a question, uh, please let us know who's speaking uh, before you ask. Uh, Mr. Marshall, thank you. Hey, Grant, uh, Ted Seibel here, Commissioner Seibel. Uh, question about the floodplain. So the floodplain comes pretty close to a lot of these properties. And I noticed on some of the elevations that they were pretty close to the level of the floodplain in terms of the of the level of the lowest finished level. And uh, with the, the dams no longer being in service, are, are, there, are there concerns over the both the boundaries and the level of the of the 100 year floodplain without a, a reassessment of that yeah um so a couple of things on this point i think um one thing is kind of delineated at what we have for um for current regulations so under our site plan review procedures i know we talk about the objective criteria and what we can look at and that mm -hmm. is uh, the, the the floodplain as it's drawn to date Right. Uh, there has been some discussion related to whether or not that floodplain is still accurate. And from our um, perspective and from what we've been hearing from FEMA is that there is no intention to change uh, where that floodplain is is uh, being or has been delineated. Um, certainly the dams upstream were an influential factor in the dynamics of our floodplain. Um, but while we had decades of data to be able to arrive at the current regulations, uh, we only have a couple of months now on data to be able to try and chart exactly what that new normal looks like. So I think um, that's a little bit more of a commentary outside of what our regulations are, but I think for tonight's consideration, we do need to focus on what we have on the books currently. Um, but yes, all of that is being talked about um, as we move forward. Thank you. Other Grant, questions? This is, uh, Grant, this is James Bain. Uh, when I was out there uh, over the weekend, it looked like construction hadn't really started yet. Given that, is it still the intent to do it in two phases or will they just do it in one phase? Um, I'll actually defer probably that question to the applicant, but my understanding though is that um, by and large, they were holding off on these, uh, figuring out the floodplain um, uh, area and making sure that they could go forward with this cul-de-sac before they started commencement on uh, the entire uh, development. So okay, I'll, I'll defer that. Thanks a lot. Correct. Yeah. Other questions? Mr. Commissioner Hyde, Grant, seven contingencies seems to be a lot. Uh, 
And has there been any movement? Is there, are you in negotiation right now? I mean, when you think about, let's say number seven, final lot size must meet, you know, your requirements. I mean, couldn't this have been done already? A lot of times, yes, we do see proposals come forward to us with this already included in, um, in the, uh, uh, the drawings itself. So um, I think we'll hear from the applicant on on how they're able to respond to uh, some of these. And we may find that they're able to quickly check off some of these and, and simplify it. When we have site condominiums, a lot of times the first four are very regular. So I don't want to discount um, all seven because the four are very um, consistent with site condominiums or any site uh, single family residential development that we do. Um, but yeah, seven is much higher than what, what we customarily see. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Other questions? I had a couple questions, Grant. Um, I don't see, is there any notation of the finished floor elevation? I know they need to be above the uh, floodplain and I assume they are, but um, doesn't show that, it just shows some rectangles and then maybe what the uh, street elevation is. Uh, does engineering have that? Maybe I can't read it with all those numbers that are in there. Uh, right, so um, we don't have finished floor elevations that have been designated on the plan. Um, a lot of times we don't get those final elevations until they've come forward with the building permit for the individual um, homes. What I can say though, is that as a rule of thumb, you can utilize the street um, elevations for um, kind of an understanding as to what um, height those houses will need to be built at for a minimum. Um, and reason for that is a lot of times you don't want um, to have pumping and everything that has to go above um, or up um, uh, uphill, if you will, to get to the street. And so naturally you are going to see some fin finishable elevations that are uh, feet higher than what that um, elevation of the street is. In order to, though, um, mitigate against potential risk, I think we'll also see um, intentionality behind where those um, homes are being built elevation-wise in relation to that floodplain. Um, because they're outside the 100-year floodplain, uh, they are able to, to elevate um, those, those um, residences um, as they see fit. There's not the same types of regulations that would take place for the floodplain, but, um, but I don't know if that answers your question. I think the more important part is looking at the, the elevation of the street and then that in relation to. Um, yeah, do we, do we know what that elevation is? I just can't. Maybe I'm blind here, but I just don't see it. Of the street itself? In yes. Some yes. Um, I know it's going to be varying depending upon where the catch basins are, but. Correct. I think it'll likely be around um, the two uh, or 625 feet um, elevation, 625, which in that, that in relation to uh, where the edge of the, the drainage starts um, is about four to five feet above um, that, that mark of the 100-year floodplain. So I think we'll likely see even an elevation of a couple feet above that. So by the time you kind of add that all together, you're looking at um, eight or so feet above um, that, that elevation for the Okay. And I know the street will have varying elevation because of the uh, drainage within the uh, street itself. I, I was just wondering uh, what that might have been. So it might be upwards of 625 to 630. Okay. 
Uh, let's see here. And do you know if there's going to be basements in here? And does that cause an issue if there's basements that close to the uh, floodplain? Um, it may cause an issue, I guess, and, and that's where we kind of get into this um, question of since they're outside the floodplain, there aren't special rules that apply. So they do have the ability to, to, to say that they want to build basements. There's no regulation that says they can't. Um, okay. all, what we found, though, in, in, in Midland's um, history is that, yes, basements that are located closer to low-lying areas, they do have more of a risk um, as it relates to um, uh, potential flooding um, and um, other hazards that take place um, adjacent to those streams. So, um, yes, so that's, but it is their ability to be able to develop in that way. Okay, we've heard that from some other places that we have reviewed over the past couple of years that were close to floodplains like this. So I just wanted to hear uh, your response on that. That's all I had. Is there questions from anybody else again? I do, um, this is Commissioner Panasic. Grant, number seven, um, leading into what uh, Dave was asking about the final lot sizes must be compliant with RA1 single family. Um, how did that, I mean, why did, I'm just curious why that got on the contingency. Is the site plan the way it's drawn right now, do, does, it, does it not meet the RA1 zoning the way it's drawn? Currently? So as it's drawn, it does not have those lot um, measurements on the plan. Um, okay. Based off of those scaling of the drawing, we can, we're uh, pretty, um, confident that it does in fact meet those lot standards this is simply just a contingency to ensure that they do in fact meet it because we because you didn't have the dimensions okay okay all right thank you hey anybody else no all right thank you uh grant let's move on uh to the petitioner and uh whoever is handling as far as meeting host if you could open up for the petitioner uh, to come on. Please state your name and address uh, before you uh, speak. Greystone Homes, 399 Greystone Place. What was the name again? Kelly Wall, W-A-L. I'm having a hard time hearing you. Is anybody else having a hard time? Yeah, everybody's having a hard time. Why? Hello, Kelly. Yeah, I can try and talk into a mic. Are you able to hear me? That's a lot better. Thank a you. A little better, yeah. Mm -hmm. Try that. Um, so my name is Kelly Wall. I'm the owner of Greystone Homes. Uh, our offices are actually in Midland at six four zero eight West Wackerly. Uh, the property we're talking about uh, developing tonight is is uh, close to those those offices on, uh, on Wackerly. I think Grant did a great job of explaining what we're, we're trying to do. We had uh, uh, approval for phase one earlier and uh, we have been waiting um, what we'll call negotiating with the uh, with the um, DEQ regarding the, the floodplain. They have ultimately, the DEQ has ultimately decided that we are we are outside of the floodplain so they they don't have uh, jurisdiction um, we spent a lot of time and uh, not I'm not sure grant why you don't have the the version that has 
the scale drawings, but, but indeed we do have the, the property measurements and they do comply with, with and we'll, we'll be happy to, to uh, get that to you so that we can, can move, move. So those measurements are, are, are known and, and it ha has been provided uh, 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 accordingly to meet. I guess I would just open it up for any 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 have of, of us. Um, from our point of view, it's it's fairly straightforward. We will develop it as one uh, in essentially one phase. Even those phases that you have seen, we have waited until now. Um, uh, like I said, with negotiations with the the D. Okay. Any questions, uh, commissioners? I had one, this is James Bain. I had one impression when I was driving through that, you know, it's hard to judge elevations just by looking at the property. But my impression was some of the house sites were significantly higher, like maybe three feet than the roads itself. Is that, is, is that accurate, number one? And is it a concern, number two? This is uh, John Leedy. Uh, I'm a professional engineer and I've been working on this project. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And uh, uh, the, uh, the elevation of the homes is driven by a number of things. Uh, one is the uh, depth of the sanitary sewer. Uh, if the sanitary sewer tends to be shallower, you'll see the buildings a little higher out of the ground. Uh, secondly, uh, the level of the retention. Uh, in this uh, development, the retention will be in the street. And so uh, I think the city engineering standard is a minimum of one foot above the highest retention elevation. So that's a second thing that will drive it. And of course, the floodplain uh, being, up, being uh, above the floodplain but all of these homes are outside of the floodplain area. So that, uh, that has been taken care of on every lot in phase one and phase two. So, okay. so those yeah, three that, things drive the final elevation. Okay, that clarifies it that uh, because the streets are used for retention, the, the lots are higher than the street then. So thank you very much. Okay, any other questions, commissioners? Any other questions for the petitioner? None? Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Wall and Mr. Lee, thank you very much. Uh, we'll have you come back in uh, just a few minutes. Okay, uh, now on to item number three, the public hearing process. Public comments in support of the petition. Are there any public comments in support? And if the meeting host would allow uh, people to uh, come on, that would be great. And if you do come on, please state your name and address first, please. Okay, maybe I pause long enough. What do you think? Probably good. Okay, uh, on to item four, public comments and opposition to the petition. 
same thing. If you come on and have comments in opposition, please state your name and address first, please. Okay, no public comments in opposition. Move back uh, to the petitioner. And any final comments uh, from the petitioner, uh, Mr. Wall or Mr. Lee, any final comments? Nothing, just unmuted. Okay, was that a none or? Mr. Laddie, do you have a comment? Uh, no, no, I was saying uh, I don't have any any additional comments. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to close the public hearing now and the uh, commission will deliberate. Okay, commissioners, comments. You didn't yet discuss uh, I'm, changing I'm the family residential into regional commission commercial. No. Uh, uh, um, excuse, excuse me. Uh, if we could uh, mute the other mics on the meeting host. Uh, right now, the Planning Commission is in deliberation on site plan number 403 at this point. Yeah, Commissioner Maven, this is Commissioner Seibel. I, uh, I re-watched last year's um, deliberation over the site plan when it was in phase one. I was not a member of the, the commission at that time, and they did say, you know, they were going to try to do this and come back and, and entirely consistent with what the commission agreed to before. So I, I definitely support this. Okay, other comments. I heard Commissioner Hying talk about uh, a lot of contingency seven. Is there concerns there um, from anybody else or Commissioner Hying? Any further comments? Uh, just Commissioner Hying, I, I, I agree with the, you know, we knew this, this would eventually come before us as they would fill out the land that they had to, uh, for the development. So, and it's consistent with what we have approved in the past. So, you know, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly in support of this and I think we ought to move forward on it. Okay, any other comments? Commissioner Panasic, I'm in support of this, um, <clears throat> my only, thing was what uh, with the the dimensions on the lots with the last contingency but <clears throat> it sounds like um, there's a site plan showing that that will work with the way the the lots are laid out right now so I'd be in support okay thank you so uh, do we have any motions uh, do we want to waive the rules do we want to consider tonight mr. chair I move we waive the rules and make our decision this evening okay that was commissioner Hine uh proposed to waive the rules as a motion hey, commissioner seibel my second okay commissioner seibel second mr marshall would you do a roll call vote on waiving the rules for us to consider this evening yes uh, broderick yes hein yes rogers yes kohlinger yes bain yes mayville Yes. Panasic. Yes. And Seibel. Yes. Okay. All right, we will consider tonight. So any other comments? 
commissioners. Or motions. In, in, Commissioner Hyde, in that case, I move we approve site plan number 403 with the seven contingencies as listed. Hey, Commissioner. Commissioner Rogers, I second that motion. Okay, we have a motion and a second. Okay, any final comments before we go to a roll call vote? No. Okay, Mr. Marshall, if you would do a roll call vote. Thank you. All right. Uh, Bain. Yes. Mayville. Yes. Nasik. Yes. Thibel. Yes. Roderick. Yes. Hein. Yes. Rogers. Yes. And Collinger. Yes. All right. Okay, that was approved. Uh, thank you, Mr. Wall and Mr. Lee. Uh, that'll uh, close this uh, public hearing out. And we're going to move on to uh, zoning petition number 632. Oh, on the previous site plan number 403, that'll go to the uh, city council next. Next stop. All right, back to zoning petition number 632. It's a request by Nikki Ross to rezone property located at 4203 Bay City Road from RB multiple family residential to RC regional commercial. Mr. Marshall, take it away. And as you indicated, Chairman, this is zoning petition number 632. Um, we're on Bay City Road at property um, address uh, 4203. And the area that is proposed for this rezoning is uh, just over six acres, 6.818 uh, acres. Uh, existing this, uh, zoning is for RB multiple family residential and what is being proposed is RC regional commercial. Uh, when we look at the subject site on the aerial imagery, you can see highlighted here in yellow, uh, this site itself is actually just to the east of the railroad crossing at Bay City Road um, and just off to the northwest of the intersection of Bay City Road and Fast Ice Drive. Um, it's on the north side of the road. It does have uh, frontage to the south, um, a rather long frontage, actually the, the, the widest lot between the railroad crossing and Rockwell Drive further to the east. Um, but surrounding uses, as you can see highlighted here, include residential on the um, um, uh, western side, including a, a lot more residential or, or more intense residential development between uh, mobile home, uh, mobile homes and, and multiple family dwelling units on the western side of the um, railroad tracks. You also have some additional single family homes uh, that are on the north side of Bay City Road. Um, that are uh, extending further to the east of the subject site. Uh, to the south, you do have a single family house that's to the west of um, the medical office that's immediately to the south across Bay City Road. Um, and then the large parking lot and large roof line that you see he, uh, highlighted here where my cursor is at is the city um, civic arena. Um, the, what's not shown on this aerial image from, uh, it's from 2015 is actually the uh, Costco development that's taking place, which is right here where this um, agricultural piece of land is shown. And so this uh, property driving out to this area uh, would be uh, fully under construction with the large Costco retail, um, as well as the gas station taking place um, in this particular portion of the site. Another thing that's not shown on this, this um, image, um, but that is continuing to move forward, albeit a bit slower than Costco, is the new headquarters of Savant Group. Um, and that is where my cursor's at as well in the former um, drive-in movie theater area. Um, that's a property or a, a proposal that was approved um, 
I believe last year, the beginning of last year, possibly at the end of 2018. Um, and that is continuing to move forward. Um, they have had some headwinds on, on ensuring to move forward, especially with um, the economic realities of COVID. Um, but yet my, our understanding is that they are moving forward and that they're continuing to do site preparatory uh, work for, um, for breaking ground on that development. Uh, this area of the city though is a, an area that we have talked about in great detail, um, especially since the beginning of 2018 when we did our master planning updating process most recently. Um, one of the things I do want to point out, though, is that our mixture of zoning, as it, uh, as it is out in this area, is a very historic type of zoning application. Um, there has not been a lot of new development or new investment that's taken place in this particular part of the corridor up until the last couple of years. And so some of the um, zoning classifications that we've seen have actually been back to um, this uh, designation of, of high-density residential um, that buffers some of the lower density residentials to the west uh, from some of that more industrial and commercial use that goes and extends to the east and then continues on all the way to uh, the interchange with US 10 at, at Bay City Road. Um, but we have reviewed a number of rezoning requests, including the Savant Group property. There was an additional request for regional commercial in this property that you see highlighted here. Um, I don't recall the exact uh, name of that uh, zoning petition, but that was something that was just approved within the last year. But we do have a, this uh, transitioning between more of a residential and, um, and low density agricultural type of use to more um, commercial and industrial types of usage between um, the railroad tracks itself and, and then off to the east uh, towards US 10. Uh, that is actually visioned by the master plan and the future land use map of the master plan that was updated back in 2018. Um, as you see here on this image, uh, there was an intent to want to have commercial uses adjacent to uh, Bay City Road with industrial uses that would sit behind those uses um, closer to the railroad tracks themselves. And so what you see here is the subject site overlaid on top of that future land use map. And that is um, a mixed designation between land industrial and commercial um, being that they have uh, that frontage onto Bay City Road. If you look at other uses um, as envisioned by the master plan, the residential components are planned for the western portion of, of the railroad tracks um, along Bay City Road to the north and to the south. Uh, the only thing outside of the, the residential and commercial and industrial type of use would be the institutional and civic use, which is the city's civic arena. When we look at the intent of the regional commercial districts, um, this is to provide a collection of commercial development um, that not only serves city residents, but also residents of the region. And so it's uh, very much auto-oriented in its um, design. Uh, the types of uses that are allowed within it are very auto-oriented. And the intention is to allow for larger sites to be able to develop, be developed in this nature uh, because usually you see uses that are much larger because they have a much larger market area that they're trying to, um, to attract from. Um, our intention, though, is to buffer these uses away from residential uses. And so um, as part of uh, the consideration of the master plan and thinking through how we were going to transition through, um, a lot of times we do see abutment of RC regional commercial adjacent to RB multiple family residential. Um, and a lot of times when we buffer commercial from residential, our big intention is to try and buffer um, low density residential from higher intensity commercial like regional commercial zones. Some sample uses that are permitted in the RC district by right include things like automobile dealerships, gas and fuel stations, banks and credit unions, retail sales, restaurants, and the like. 
With that, I do want to go through the required 10 uh, review criteria um, as articulated in the, the staff report. Uh, the first one being is the proposed amendment consistent with the city's master plan. Uh, the staff believes the answer to this is primarily yes, and we do point again to that transition between that commercial usage uh, adjacent to Bay City Road and then the intent behind um, uh, to have that industrial uses set, uh, set back. Where that line exactly was drawn uh, wasn't exactly a definitive uh, line where we wanted to separate commercial from industrial, and so this is very much uh, we feel is in line with that vision of having commercial closer to the street with the industrial set behind. Will the amendment be in, in accordance with the intent and purpose of the zoning ordinance? Um, as I just read through the intent of the RC Regional Commercial District, this site itself is, is very large. It fronts onto a very high trafficked corridor. Um, and it's in an area of the city that's envisioned uh, for commercial use by the city's master plan. Um, all of that does uh, bring it back to be intent and um, in alignment with the intent and purpose of the zoning ordinance. Have conditions changed since the zoning ordinance was adopted that justifies the amendment? Um, by and large, what I've talked about has been uh, changes that have taken place in the last couple of years um, and certainly have um, uh, really become uh, snowballing, if you will, um, in the last year or two. And so um, one of the things we want to uh, really point to is the fact that the, the, the feel and the use of this particular portion of the corridor is something that's moving towards the commercial uses and away from the uh, residential. Will the amendment merely grant special privileges? Uh, we don't believe the answer to this. Uh, we believe the answer to this is, is no, um, that we think it is in line with the city's master plan, um, that it's in, in line with the vision of, of that document. Um, we believe that there's allowance for the uses on the site given the size of it. And as a consideration all of all of that, there is not a special privilege that's being granted to this uh, property. Will the amendment result in unlawful, unlawful exclusionary zoning? Uh, I believe the answer to this is no. And again, we point to the, the vision of the master plan that does really facilitate uh, the um, uh, application of this RC regional commercial zone. Will the amendment set an inappropriate precedent? Um, by and large, we believe the answer to this is no. It's a bit rare that we'll actually introduce a regional commercial zoning district on its own. Um, I don't believe this is spot zoning because of the vision of the master plan. But when you would look at, if this were to be approved and you look at the map, it would be a zoning district that would sit on its own. Um, that being said, it is adjacent to community commercial, which is the step down from regional commercial um, when you look at the hierarchy of our commercial zoning districts. And so uh, one of the things I do want to make, make clear is that even though it is an introduction of a new zoning district, it again meets the vision of the master plan. There are commercial uses that surround, there's commercial zoning that surrounds, and we have seen a natural trend of wanting to move from multiple family residential to commercial um, in zoning along this corridor. Um, all of that I don't believe results in an inappropriate precedent. Is the proposed zoning consistent with the surrounding zoning classification um, of surrounding land? As I mentioned, this is a mixture of RB, um, you have agriculture, you have community commercial, and then you do have regional commercial further to the east. Um, all of that does place this, this zone to be very consistent uh, with that um, movement of the zoning districts. Is the proposed zoning consistent with the future land use designation of the surrounding land in the city's master plan? I believe the answer to this is yes, even though half of it is designated as light industrial. Again, that line between industrial and commercial uh, was never intended to be definite, but rather to allow for commercial to, uh, zoning to be adjacent to Bay City Road with, with industrial set behind. Could all requirements in the proposed zoning classification be complied with on the subject site? 
the answer to this is yes, this is a very large site um, and can allow for um, a, a wide variety of development to take place. It also does comply with the um, dimensional requirements of RC Regional Commercial. And then lastly is the proposed zoning consistent with the trends in land development in the general vicinity of the, uh, the property in question. Uh, believe that this, the CURS criterion does um, very much meet, um, this proposal does meet this criterion, I should say. Um, and we really do point to those developments that are taking place that are commercial in nature, including Costco. Um, there's also been a few, uh, additional development that's taken place further down at, at Valley Plaza. Um, and then, of course, the development of the Savant Group, although not commercial in nature, um, being a high-tech, light industrial use, um, that is certainly compatible with commercial uses in this corridor. So with that, uh, Chairman, we have not received any comments um, either in support or in opposition of the petition ahead of tonight's meeting. Staff is recommending approval based off of these four reasons that were articulated in the staff report, um, very much reiterating the points that I made through those 10 criteria. I believe it's a, a, regional a, a reasonable application of a zoning district that's envisioned by the master plan that this area is established as a transition between commercial and industrial land uses that the, the district itself is appropriate with um, anticipated as well as current uh, development trends in the area. And then lastly, we do have to look at the context of Bay City Road and how that high speed um, and high traffic nature of that corridor does lend itself more to a commercial usage as opposed to a residential usage. Tonight's the public hearing. And if you feel all items have been adequately addressed, you can waive the rules of procedure although you certainly don't have to if you feel that there's more information that needs to be um, obtained. If um, a recommendation is formulated this evening, that would move forward to City Council and they would schedule their public hearing for October 5th, um, where they would hold that public hearing and, and give final consideration. And with that, I will entertain any questions. Okay, any questions? I am told. Oh, hold it, commissioners only. Any questions for Mr. Marshall? You guys can't let me off that easily. There's got to be a question. Commissioner Broderick, I just have, I don't know if you can answer this grant or not, but um, I, I'm just curious if there's any knowledge of the intent of that parcel if this were to go through. Um, we have not had any indication of a future use on the site. Um, a lot of times, though, I will say that the city staff actually um, advises against having a, any type of future use in mind, because when we consider zoning, we really want to consider the full breadth of what would be allowed there. So, um, But in this particular case, it's, it's very easy. There has not been a, a proposed use uh, for that site that's, that's come forward. Okay, thank you. Okay, any other questions, commissioners? Commissioner Kohlinger. Uh, Grant, two quick questions. The um, map that lists current zoning, uh, is that updated to reflect the most recent change for Savant Group? Yes, it is. Okay. And then um, the uh, future land use for commercial zoning, we have upwards of three options or the flexibility of three options within that district. There's regional commercial, community commercial, and neighborhood commercial as well, correct? That all can be considered here? That is, yes. Um, customarily, when we have a commercial designation in the future land use map, we try and apply one of those three and, and guide it by the context in which it's located. 
And that would be my last question is the other two neighborhood and community are more specific to residents of the city and not for regional use or regional residents and to a certain degree are limited or located away from large thoroughfares and the like, right? That's correct. A lot of times our community commercial is, is set back onto secondary roads. Um, our biggest concentration of community commercial is actually around the post office, which does sit, um, it's right on rod, but it does sit a little bit set back from the main thoroughfares of, of Saginaw Road. Um, and then, of course, neighborhood commercials found on a lot of secondary um, uh, roads across the city, including places like um, Swede and Jefferson, and um, uh, as well as South Jefferson and, and Haley, um, those types of areas. Thank you. Okay, any other questions, commissioners? No, it doesn't look like it. Okay, we're going to go to part two of the public hearing process, petitioner uh, presentation. If the petitioner is present, uh, please state your name and address first before uh, either provide a presentation or give comments. Chairman, I know that uh, the property owner uh, herself was unable to attend this evening, but my understanding is that we do actually, or should have someone in attendance to, that's um, able to speak for her. Um, okay. I look through it. I don't know if we have um, that particular individual on the line, although it um, looks like someone just raised their hand, so maybe we do. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. My name is Daniel Dwyer Snyder. I'm the listing agent for this property. Nikki uh, Ross is my client. She asked me to attend this on her behalf. So I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Um, really, we're just looking to get it rezoned to, to make it a more desirable property um, and more marketable. Um, okay. Daniel, if you could actually repeat your uh, last name again, and then if you could give an address for the record as well. Uh, my physical address? Yes. Uh, yeah. um, 544 West 5th Street, Claire, Michigan. And your last name? Dwyer Snyder. Did you get that, Grant? I did, yep. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, do you have any uh, presentation or comments first, or you're just looking for any, answer any questions? No, we were, we were just looking to make the property more marketable, um, and we feel that getting it rezoned to a commercial versus a multifamily will help us do that. Okay. Thank you. Uh, commissioners, any questions for the petitioners? Commissioners only. Doesn't look like there's any. I see all muted mics. Okay, we're going to move on to, uh, uh, thank you, Daniel. Uh, we're going to move on to item three in the public hearing process, uh, public comments in support or the petition. If there's any public comments in support, uh, please come on, state your name and address uh, prior to making your comments, please. Doesn't sound like there are any. Okay, next item, uh, public comments in opposition to the petition. If there's public comments in opposition, uh, and you come on, uh, please state your name and address prior to your comments, please. Any public comments in opposition, please. This is Maureen Kelsey. Yes, Maureen, please go ahead. Okay. Um, 
our house is located right next to this property that you're trying to turn into commercial, and I am totally against it. And I'm there are other family homes in this area, and I think that we were all very upset about what's been going on already with the Costco. I didn't even know that was coming in here. And then the jail, I don't think we need to make this area commercial. Okay, so your uh, property, uh, what, just to the uh, west of this site, or? Yes. Okay. I believe I'm on the west. We've got about one and a half acres right there. Okay. Any other comments? No, I mean, I realize that there's been a lot of traffic, heavier traffic lately, and I don't know if that's because they closed off Saginaw Road down by the down plant, and that's why all these trucks and everything are coming through here. It really has been very noisy and annoying, and I'm sure that's got to do with the Costco plant, that they're using all that whatever material they need to come down that road. But they never used to be able to come down Bay City Road. There were trucks were not allowed. So I'm not sure what's happening. But we definitely don't want it turned into a commercial. Not any more commercial than it already is. Okay. I, I can say that, right? <laughs> yeah, you can say what you want. This is uh, your comment, so. Okay. All right. Yeah, thank you. If that's all you have, we'll yes, move on. Other, excuse me. That's it. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, all right. Any other comments in opposition? Please state your name and address prior to your comments if you have them. Okay. Doesn't sound like anybody else is coming on. Give one last uh, pause here. Any other comments in opposition? Okay, I think we're okay to move on then uh, since there are no more comments on that. Uh, we'll go to item five on the public hearing process. Uh, opportunity for the petitioner. Any final comments uh, from the petitioner or the petitioner's representative? Uh, yes, just in our opinion, I mean, it's currently zoned for a multifamily. So, I mean, with the amount of traffic that's on that road, it only seems a natural fit for this to be moved to a commercial. Um, that's the only other comment we have. Okay, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and close the public hearing. Uh, so, if we could, uh, whoever's uh, from IT, if you could close other mics at this point, and we're just going to have uh, now deliberation uh, by the Planning Commission. Way ahead of you, Greg. Thank you. I just, we've had a few meetings where some people have piped in. Okay, commissioners, comments. Well, this is James Bain. Uh, the nature of that corridor has changed and it is more intense and uh, I th part of it is Costco, but I think even the enabler of that is it's a 
two-way interchange now. So the it is dynamic. We considered those dynamics when we updated the master plan and the master plan does show this being a more intense area of the, you know, of the city. And I remember back to some of those discussions around the, the master plan update is we've had a couple of times over the years with lack of place to put IA or things like that. So, you know, this, even though it is contributing to the evolution of that area to be more intense, that's what the master plan envisions. And that's what we approved a couple of years ago. Hey, thank you, Commissioner Bain. Anybody else, other commissioners comments? Commissioner Hine, what I, when I look at this, when you, when you drive out there and you see these single family houses that have been on Bay City probably for, for decades, you know, and that's probably before, certainly was before it became as busy as, as it is now because of truck traffic, et cetera. It's, it's the question, and granted, as you look at it from a development standpoint, what we did is from a master plan um, does make sense. But the question is, how do we protect the needs and the interests of those people who are there right now and whose whose assets and homes and quality of life that we affect by allowing, you know, for instance, uh, you know, some kind of a big automotive rehab or whatever right next door because it would be allowed, it would be allowed by by right per se. So I mean, we've got a little bit of a dilemma that we have to deal with and think about. Now, a couple times, a couple months ago, or maybe last year, we were worried about IA across from a from a uh, from a uh, uh, trailer park just south of where Costco is being built. Okay, and we had the same thing that we ended up saying, "Gee, that isn't a good fit." And we really have to examine whether or not this is a a good fit. At the and granted, it's a broadest commercial and automotive oriented, heavy whatever um, for that particular property. And I worry about the residents on along on either side of that property. Thank you, Commissioner Hying. Anybody else? Other commissioners? I agree with uh, Commissioner, this is Commissioner Panasic. I agree with Commissioner Hyde. Um, only thing is, is I mean, um, I think this has already been created. I mean, I look at this corridor and we have commercial, you know, closer to the US 10 interchange there with <clears throat> Costco coming in and, uh, you know, and then the light industrial behind. Um, I, I think we, you know, we got to follow what, what the vision is for the future land use. And that was to have commercial right here on this corridor. Um, so I, I, I agree with you though. It's a little bit of a dilemma, but um, it's already been created prior to this. So. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Panasic. Other commissioner comments? Commissioner Rogers, I just want to say, I, I wholeheartedly agree with uh, Commissioner Panasic. Thank you, Commissioner Rogers. Uh, anybody else on this? 
other comments? Hey, Grant, I have, I have a comment. Uh, ever since I had uh, moved to Midland in 1980, uh, this has been a five-lane road. So there must have, and I know, I don't know if anybody's been here uh, that long or not, but uh, there must have been some planning because of a five-lane road coming in from Bay County uh, for this entire quarter for a long time. So I have no idea. Do you know any history, Grant, or? Uh, I, yes, I can provide a bit of history. So, um, of course, as the name suggests, that is the the original thoroughfare that connected Bay City and Midland. So um, it, many years ago, um, decades and decades ago, this was uh, the primarily route, primary route that connected the two cities. Um, when you had the introduction of the freeway or US-10 um, that was developed, um, at the time when it was first built, it did not have a full interchange at, at Bay City Road um, when US-10 did come through. Um, more recently, though, we did have that um, additional dollars that were obtained uh, through federal grants to be able to do that full interchange at Bay City Road. And that set into stone or set into play really a, a very different change for the corridor, a much more auto-oriented type of nature of the corridor itself. Um, Commissioner Hine is correct. The, the houses that are out there have been there for a number of years some of which are, are a little bit closer than the road um, a lot of times because when they were built at the time they were built they were further from the, the edge of the street but when the road has expanded that's changed how close the road itself is um, uh, in relation to the residents um, as well so there has been uh, very much a, a very delicate type of transition that's wanted to take place because of course we do recognize that there are some single family homes that still exist out in this location including the one uh, that was spoken about during public comment this evening and so um, as, as Hein indicated, there is this balance that the city has to strike between how do we protect assets that are already developed within our community um, with looking at the broader picture of really what the greater need may be for, um, for the city itself to evolve and to be able to utilize investments that we've made um, intentionally within our infrastructure um, and uh, the connectivity that connects us into a, a regional market. So um, all of that being said, Leading up to this evening, there's been a number of, of very specific considerations that have changed some of the dynamics that have taken place in the last few years. Uh, the mention of the, the South Saginaw Road closure and reroute, that did change uh, truck traffic on Bay City Road, and there is a lot more truck traffic that has taken place because of, um, of that change. Um, but Bay City Road, again, was developed and it was built in order to be able to accommodate that, those, those trucks. Um, we've also had approval of a site plan for Fisher Sand and Gravel, uh, their ro relocation of Sand and Gravel operation out of uh, the South Midland redevelopment site over by Dow Diamond. Um, that's ongoing, but um, there has been an approval to have an additional curb cut to the east of those railroad tracks to allow for specific trucks for Fisher, Fisher, Fisher Sand and Gravel to take place. And so that's, um, that was a site plan that went through public comments and allowed for um, the public to comment on a change in that way. Um, we had, of course, the rezoning request that happened from Savant Group, the rezoning request, um, or rather the site plan that approved Costco, all of those had public input opportunities as well. Um, but when one of the points I guess I really want to, to reinforce is when we did change the master plan back in 2018, there was a specific and very concerted effort to try and engage this corridor and residents along that corridor because not only did we know Bay City Road would be changing, but we knew Waldo Road itself would be changing with the closure of South Saginaw Road. And so at the time there was specific mailings that had gone out to try and pull comments and trying to get additional comments and, and um, input from residences along there. 
Um, and if you recall, we didn't have a lot of pushback to make the changes that are now within the master plan, um, especially as we started to talk through the way in which um, we were understanding the corridor to continue to evolve and, and change. So, um, so that being said, making the decision this evening, of course, is it is important to recognize the comments that have been made, um, but certainly basing them back into the, the criteria that we're asked to consider as part of rezoning is, a, is also an important piece um, of the consideration as well. Great. I really appreciate the history on that, Grant. That's helpful background uh, on this. So any other comments, uh, Commissioner? Commissioner Hine, I, you know, I, think, I think this is also a, uh, an action that we should take this evening because I don't think there's any, any additional information that would help us make a decision one way or the other. So with that in mind, I move that we waive the rules and make our decision this evening. Chair Collinger seconds. Okay, we have a motion to waive the rule and a second. Uh, Mr. Marshall, would you take a roll call vote on waiving the rules to consider this evening? Collinger. Yes. Rogers. Yes. Hein. Yes. Roderick. Yes. Ebel. Yes. Panasic. Yes. Mayville. Yes. And Bain. Yes. Okay, we will consider it. Uh, other comments, commissioners, on this? Not getting other comments. Does someone want to make a motion then? Anybody? Commissioner Collinger, I move we approve zoning petition number 632. Okay, we have a motion. Do we have a second? Commissioner Panasic, I second that motion. Okay, we have a motion to approve zoning petition number 632. We have a second. Any last comments before we take a roll call vote on that? Okay, no comments? Okay, Mr. Marshall, uh, please take a roll call vote. Right. Seibel? Yes. Panasic? Yes. Mayville? Yes. Bain? Yes. Rogers? Yes. Kohlinger? Yes. Hein? Yes. And Broderick? Yes. Okay, we have a, a unanimous uh, decision to approve zoning petition number six. 32 or recommend approval to the city council where it will go next. Okay, we're going to move on in the agenda now to uh, item number five, old business. There is none on there. Any public comments, item number six, that are unrelated to items that were on the agenda? No one raising their hand, Grant. Not to any. Okay, move on to item number seven, new business. Doesn't look like there is any. Uh, communications, there's been some stuff coming out from uh, Michigan Association of Planning online again, and uh, hopefully you guys are keeping up to date on that. And uh, Mr. Marshall, I don't, I've seen some stuff recently where they 
had uh, called for if people wanted to early register. Are you ready to talk about that prior to the September meeting or you want to wait till September 8th or? I think we'll likely probably have some email communication that'll go out um, here soon. I had hoped to have some more information to everyone this evening, but um, I did not have a chance to pull that together. So likely watch for email and we'll, we'll end up sending out some additional information on that conference. Okay, great. I forgot what the registration fee was, but uh, certainly this year without any travel involved, it would be uh, a lot cheaper to attend. It just, your eyes might get buggy being on a Zoom meeting. Correct. All right. Uh, number nine, report of the chairperson. There is none tonight. Uh, report of the planning director. Uh, I hope you have something on last night's uh, meeting. I do, yeah. Last night, um, we actually were uh, the main event, if you will, from items from the Planning Commission, we did have the rezoning request for property over at Sandow and Isabella Road. Um, that actually was approved unanimously uh, to be rezoned to regional commercial. Um, and then we did have another discussion related to the um, zoning text amendment. That's the site plan review um, amendments that have been forwarded from this body onto city council. Um, that has actually been a, a rather long discussion that's taken place over the last three meetings of city council. I'm trying to ultimately arrive at, at what they feel will be the best direction for the city. Uh, last night, they did choose not to act on the um, proposal as it was proposed from this uh, body. And so um, instead, they chose to give directive to staff um, with really four different areas uh, that they want us to focus on. Um, if you recall, there's kind of two elements to the, to the ordinance proposed change. One is to move the final authority of site plans down to the planning commission level. The other was to increase the thresholds at which staff would be able to approve development. Um, what they are wanting to, to really focus on is just um, the approval for planning commission to have the authority on site plan. So really to try and, um, if you will, take out that second piece and just focus on that, that piece of moving the authority down to the planning commission level. Um, they want to um, also have staff start to look at other ways in which we can engage the public in trying to, to encourage them to participate at the planning commission level. Uh, there was quite a bit of discussion related to the fact that the city council itself um, gets a lot of comments because the public doesn't seem to tune in by the time it comes to the Planning Commission. Of course, we notify everyone within 300 feet when it comes to site plans. We post uh, the notice also within the Daily News. Uh, but by and large, our, our meetings themselves are only covered by the Daily News when we get to, unless it's a, um, a big kind of um, um, headline-making thing like Costco, a lot of times our meetings won't be reported on until we've actually hosted or, or held the meetings. And so that creates additional interest, and then you have um, that interest that then gets taken to city council level. So there's was concern that we only create interest in that interim between planning commission action and city council. Now, whether or not that's actually true or if there's ways in which we can overcome that with better notification um, uh, efforts by the city, uh, that's something that they've tasked staff with looking at. Um, they want us to uh, be able to quantify um, an expense that could be related to some of those um, changes to the public input process. Uh, some of the things we could be doing could be as easy as show so social media posts to any time we do a public notice. It's something that we maybe put out onto Twitter or onto Facebook. Um, our public notices aren't exactly the most fun to read, if you will, on a, on a Facebook setting, but yet there's probably some way in which we can make them a little bit more engaging to the community, which is some of the things we're going to research. Um, and then lastly, one of the, the most important pieces was the appeal process. Um, the way that the State Enabling Act allows for zoning considerations like site plans, um, it actually classifies site plan review as an administrative task. 
and an administrative task can only be appealed by your quasi-judicial body of your city, which is your zoning board of appeals. Um, what we have not been able to find is a model across the state of Michigan that would allow us to have an appeal that would go directly to city council as opposed to our zoning board of appeals. And so the way that the state law works would be if the planning commission denied a site plan or if they approved a site plan and caused um, harm, um, uh, harm that could be effectively defined um, by an individual or an aggrieved individual, um, either of those cases could appeal uh, the, the site plan action to um, to the, the Zoning Board of Appeals for a review of the decision that was made. Um, it's not uncommon for communities, um, I shouldn't say uncommon, it's fairly rare, but it does happen where um, a site plan action has been taken by a planning commission, and then a city council has actually taken their own planning commission to their Zoning Board of Appeals to try and appeal that particular case. It's very rare, and a lot of times it stems from just poor communication internally within your entity, but. That being said, there is an option that city council could appeal a decision by, by the planning commission in the way that the state law allows currently. So, um, so those are the things that they've tasked staff to really tease out to provide some additional information on. Um, one of the pieces that I think is important to note, we have had a number of communications that have come in to us in opposition of this proposal. Um, I've had the opportunity to present in front of uh, city council to try and um, uh, provide a little bit more context and a little bit more clarity into what exactly we're proposing. Um, there's been a lot of communication surrounding the rezoning request um, behind Burrell Court right at Eastman and, and Saginaw Road and how that could change as part of these amendments. There was discussion related to the conditional use permit for senior housing um, elderly uh, or senior housing uh, apartments on Eastman Avenue a number of years back that was very controversial. Um, and a lot of times what we're finding is that the community itself um, it, it, at least those that have spoken out in opposition are unable to, to um, I shouldn't say unable, but um, it, it's a very complex uh, thing to recognize that site plans are very different than conditional use, which is very different than a rezoning consideration. And so we've had a lot of time where we've tried to really articulate the differences between these to be able to provide that education piece. Um, but by and large, our comments in opposition really are um, confusing some of these other um, considerations that are not being proposed to change. So. I say that all because in the event that you are finding yourselves in communication across the city, um, I think there may be opportunity to try and uh, better educate some folks that have, have taken a very um, um, kind of uh, opposition to, to this proposal. So, um, so that's where that particular proposal stands. At the moment, um, we have not had a chance to take a look internally as to where we go from here, um, but there is a chance that possibly we would have to bring back another text amendment, which would require planning commission approval before we advance it on to city council. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but that is part of the realm of possibilities. So stay at the edge of your seats as we'll continue <laughs> through this, this process. Um, certainly city council did give us this directive to move forward. It is the intention of staff to want to continue this discussion. I think we have opportunity to try and um, provide more clarity within the community and hope that there is some, some folks that can come around. We've actually seen a couple of individuals that came out originally in opposition. Once they learned more about the proposal, they actually shifted their opposition to be um, either neutral or in support of the change. And so um, as we continue to talk about this, there may be a chance that we do see some, some changes there. But um, but nonetheless, it will come forward in a different um, different way um, or in a different look um, back to council in the future. Grant, uh, this is James Bain. Is there an opportunity to leverage the 
you know, push back on this to say, hey, you really, if you have these concerns, the master plan update is really where you want to engage, right? Has there been any discussion on maybe how we could, I hate to use the word exploit, but uh, be a little bit opportunistic here because, you know, on the, on the one hand, it could be viewed as a setback. On the other, it's an opportunity for communication too. Correct. And that's actually something that's been brought up by, I believe, um, Councilman Brown Wilhelm, as well as the mayor, um, both have pointed out the, the fact that you do have com uh, members of the community, they do have multiple ways to engage um, in the development process. Site plans is not, not the only thing that we consider, um, but the master planning process and certainly zoning considerations, both of those are very influential things that have a change in, um, in how neighborhoods uh, transform and how they um, evolve throughout time. Um, I know that if you even just look at tonight's considerations, we had that discussion on Bay City Road, and we had a lot of people that came out to that public hearing that we hosted at the Salvation Army. I believe we had almost 80 people that attended that evening um, to want to provide some comments and, and have discussion with the city related to changes that were taking place. So those, when we set the vision that then allows us to think about zoning considerations, it's very important that we have public engagement at that time. So so I would say yes, that, that has been discussed. And, we're hoping that folks will, will um, take advantage, if you will, um, the opportunity that's coming forward with the, the master plan update. Okay, so it sounds like, uh, I think you had mentioned early on, part of the uh, direction from city council is to focus on planning commission uh, approval only and not on the uh, making any changes to, um, what do you say, the square foot level on who approves what. Uh, so that that would entail some changes to what was in the uh, ordinance proposed ordinance change, correct? It would. Um, it would. It'd be a simplification, and so the fact that we wouldn't be um, otherwise expanding what was co proposed coming out of the planning commission would allow for them to make a a, a simplified adoption of what was proposed. Um, but a lot of times, in order to make these types of decisions a little bit more clear. Um, it's valuable to come back and kind of start the process all over again. So um, that's where there's sort of some indecisions yet and where I don't have some, some full clarity as to what it'll look like to bring it forward again. Okay, so we may not have to address that. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, because the city council, uh, they're the ones that started this, I believe, in January, asking us to take a look at this. Uh, they did. Um, and at the time, I think um, we were living in the wake of some fairly contentious um, considerations that, have, that that took place at the end of 2019. Um, certainly the equestrian facility was one of them where we, we got ourselves into um, a sticky situation, pun intended, I guess, with the <laughs> uh, discussion where, um, where we were considering things that are outside our objective criteria. Um, but that hasn't been uncommon. I know even in this particular year, we did have considerations. Uh, we actually had quite lengthy discussions related to who can and can't live in apartments um, within um, the city. And, and that was something that was discussed over off of um, uh, Universal Place. And so I think um, as we've continued to go through kind of the experiences that we've had and, and some of the subjectivity that's been introduced into the process, um, all of that I think is, is certainly on the minds of, of council um, but there are also folks that have to consider the, the objectives um, and the opinions of the public as they come in. So um, that has created, I think, the, the situation that we now find ourselves in. Okay. All right. Thank you. Anything else, uh, Grant? 
The only thing I guess I'd say would be where we will have a new community development planner starting on Monday. Um, his name is Tom Wyatt, and he actually comes from Kettering University down in Flint. Um, we're, we're very excited to have him join. Um, and actually, thank you, Chairman Maybill, for participating in our, our final round of interviews a, a couple of weeks back. Um, but uh, he's, he's got a great background in not only community development and, and neighborhood initiatives for Kettering, um, but he also has the grant management experience that we're looking for when it comes to the community development block grant, which is kind of the two uh, fold uh, responsibilities of this position. So after a few months of, of being the only, um, not the only, I shouldn't say the only person, if you have worked with Rachel Gutensberger in our office and, and certainly Bill Brown, um, both of those two um, work their, their butts off to, to continue to keep things moving. So um, it'll be great though to have another set of hands on deck with everything that's going on. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> it has. A grant that I miss here that the city engineer will be leaving. Uh, nope, that is correct. Um, Josh Fredrickson actually did uh, relocate out to the state of Washington. And so um, as yeah. of this past Friday, we don't have a city engineer that's on staff. Um, the implications of that are, are starting to be, um, I shouldn't be explored. We, we do know what is going to need to, uh, to have some additional staff and support from other departments across the city. So at the end of last night's council meeting, Brad uh, Kay did a good job of articulating how those changes will take place. Um, there's a lot of construction projects that are still ongoing and those will continue yeah. to move forward in the, in the community as it relates to street construction. Um, but um, as we move forward without that position, there is going to be a bit of a, um, a delay on some of the, the future considerations for projects and things like that, but. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, item 11, item for the next agenda, we have master plan timeline and a kickoff survey questions. It sounds like you'll have a little bit of time to put that together. <laughs> um, I will, yes. We don't have that usual week at the end of the month, I guess, to or the beginning of the month, if you will. But um, but yes, I did meet with Karen Murphy again today to talk more details about that. And we'll have um, those questions that we'll move forward with for um, all of you to take a look at. And then we'll also outline a strategy for how we could kick off um, the master plan input um, uh, process um, as soon as we have a little bit more relaxing of the COVID restrictions. Okay, I didn't think you'd come back that fast, especially with having to onboard somebody starting next week. <laughs> so. Yes, I, it's all in my mind exactly how I kind of see this uh, moving. So it's just a matter of putting it down on paper. And, um, and then the bulk of the questions though that will actually be coming forward at that meeting is going to be parks and rec oriented. Um, we'll include all of them for your, for your consideration because we want to paint the picture of how we're going to start to weave the two together. Um, but. I think this, this survey itself is really intended to be a kickoff and start to expose and get people to start to talk about uh, the city modern process, uh, which is the name of the master planning process that we'll do. Okay, thank you. All right. Hey, item 12, anybody? <laughs> Commissioner Bain, I move we adjourn. Commissioner Connors. Do we have a second? Commissioner, Commissioner, Rod <laughs> Commissioner Rogers seconds the, the motion to adjourn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Mr. Mershow, please take a roll call vote. Yes. Um, Hyde. Yes. Roderick. Yes. Seibel. Yes. Vanasek. Yes. Mayville. Yes. Bain. Yes. Rogers. Yes. 
and Kohlinger. Yes. Hey, uh, this meeting is adjourned. Thank you very much. We'll see you next Thank time. Thank you. This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland.